Hello, you're listening to Masterful Librarian Podcast with your host, Marion Royal, helping librarians achieve greater relevance, meaning, and impact in a rapidly changing world. Last Wednesday, January 6, 2021, was a dark day in our country's history. We all witnessed the horrifying assault on our Capitol building by an angry mob of, let's face it, mostly white Trump supporters. And as I watched that grim and frightening scene unfold, I, as many of you, couldn't help but note the difference in how these violent insurrectionists were treated as they forced entry into our Capitol building while Congress was in session, and how the mostly Black and peaceful Black Lives Matter protesters were treated this summer. And I know there has been a lot of discussion around that in the media um, over the last week. As I watched that, I, I was utterly appalled and I was deeply ashamed. The truth is that if certain white men, who I won't name because they don't deserve the publicity, but wearing ridiculous headdresses and standing at the podium of the Senate or propping their dirty feet on the desk of the Speaker of the House, if those men had been black, they never would have made it that far. At best, they would have been tear-gassed, thrown to the ground, and handcuffed. At worst, well, they might have been shot multiple times before they even reached the steps. And that makes my heart so sad and heavy. And it also, and more importantly, prods me to work harder on getting woke than I have. And what I want to talk about today, librarians, is how crucial it is for all of us who are white to take on that hard but imperative work of waking up to what life is like and has been like for our our fellow citizens who are African-American or people of color, indigenous, because life is very different for them. If you haven't realized it yet, I am a white woman. And as you can probably tell by listening to me, I am originally from the South. I grew up in the Deep South. I was born in Jackson, Mississippi in 1958. I grew up at a time when the Jim Crow laws were gone off the books officially but still very effectively in place. And when I first started school in the first grade, black children were still not allowed in the classroom with us. And even though I was blessed to have parents who who taught respect for all and who abhorred the N-word, we were not allowed to use that. And to this day, I can't stand to hear it. And they abhorred the mistreatment of African-American people, the reality is that I still grew up racist. 
not the ugly Confederate flag carrying type of racist, but a racist all the same. I grew up and have lived my life a graced recipient of white privilege who, like the fish swimming in the ocean, can't see the water. I couldn't see how I benefited from white privilege and systemic racism. Librarians, if you haven't accepted it yet, and if you are white, it's time to wake up and admit that white privilege is real. And our society is built on systemic racism. And it's time that that began to change. At the risk of sounding cliche, we really do have to be the change we want to see in the world. And that change has to start inside each of us. For real change to occur in this country, we have to begin changing on the inside so that that can then reflect on the outside. I'm going to share that when I first heard the term white privilege, I rejected it. I would even say that I probably felt offended. And I'm talking about about four to five, six years ago. I didn't feel like I was racist, and I certainly didn't feel like I had enjoyed much privilege in my life. And I was darn sure that my children hadn't experienced privilege, especially my son. We lived in, or I live in now, a um, minority-majority state, and my children grew up in New Mexico, a majority-minority state. And um, my son is very fair, and it seemed to me that that he experienced quite a bit of discrimination um, going through school. But discrimination and white privilege are not the same thing. I certainly throughout my life have experienced discrimination as a woman, uh, as a Southerner, uh, you know, for all kinds of reasons that I have been you know, not selected for jobs or, or, you know, not included in certain things because of certain characteristics. That's probably happened to just about everyone, but it isn't the same thing as white privilege. What I never had to worry about was what would happen if I got pulled over for speeding, which I have more than once in my life. If I get pulled over for speeding or I see a patrol car along the road, yes, I get worried that I might get a ticket, but I am never concerned that I might be hauled out of my car, uh, you know, handcuffed, taken to jail, or anything else negative like that. As far as my son is concerned, yes, he did experience some discrimination probably, but I didn't lay awake at night worried that if he got pulled over for running a stop sign, that he might be shot. I, I never had to teach my children how to behave if they encountered law enforcement because they weren't in danger from law enforcement. I also never had to worry if I or my children would be hired. Even in the small town that we lived in, both of my children 
easily found after-school jobs and were safe walking around on the streets at night. My daughter, my son could both go out, wander around town wearing hoodies in the dark and not be worried about being um, being shot or killed or taken to jail. And that is the difference between discrimination and white privilege. And it took me a long time to see that. And I should clarify, that's one of the differences. But it took me a while to open up and to allow myself to see that because honestly, I didn't want to. It doesn't feel good. It made me feel ashamed. So I had no choice but to start examining my own racist beliefs and my own inner programming when I was working for the Seattle Public Schools. And it was mandatory. And I'm ashamed to say that I honestly resisted it. I didn't like it at first. It's hard and painful work. If you're doing it right, it is not comfortable. It can be exceedingly uncomfortable. So sometimes I was sad. I did shed some tears. But most of the time, as I reflected back on what I had internalized, I just felt ashamed and remorseful. But I couldn't close my eyes and I couldn't turn away. But I think my my most progress occurred in a book group that um, a small number of SPS librarians and I formed via Microsoft Teams. And we would meet at once a week on Teams in the morning and we read two or three different books and we were able to share very openly and honestly about ourselves and our thoughts and our growth and um, what we hoped we would become. Two of the books that I read during that time, I want to share with you here today. Well, the two books that were most impactful for me were Waking Up White by Debbie Irving, published by Elephant Room Press in 2014, and Between the World and Me by Tana Hissy Coates, published by Spiegel and Grau in 2015. Those two texts did more to open my eyes and open my heart than anything else that I read during that time or that I've read since. In Waking Up White, Debbie Irving um, says that she's sharing, and I quote, her sometimes cringeworthy struggle to understand racism and racial tensions. She offers a fresh perspective on bias stereotypes, manners, and tolerance. And she says, again, as I quote, as I unpack my own long-held beliefs about colorblindness, being a good person, and wanting to help people of color, I reveal how each of these well-intentioned mindsets actually perpetuated my ill-conceived ideas about race, unquote. She does a beautiful job in this book of examining her own well-intentioned efforts and her own misguided beliefs and ideas around race and around being white. It's an older book, obviously 2014, but I think it's still very, very seminal to the work of 
waking up to systemic racism in this country. The other book, Between the World and Me by Ta-Nehisi Coates, is, is beautiful. It's lyrical. It's, it's one of the, the most gorgeous reads I've, I've ever encountered. This one's a must read for everyone, I believe. It's a must read for everyone white. It wasn't until I read this book, which is, um, it was a letter he wrote to his teenage son, who I, I believe was 14 at the time. And, and he wrote it about the feelings, the symbolism, and the realities associated with being black in this country, in the United States. That book was such a wake-up call for me. He shares his own growth as a person, his own awakening to systemic racism and the problems of being black in this culture, and especially, especially being a young black male. And if you can read that book and, and not feel shocked and sad and heartbroken at times, then you're not paying attention because it's powerful. Get a copy of Between the World and Me if you can. Those are just two books, books that spoke to me, but there are dozens and dozens and dozens of excellent books that have been written over the last decade, books like White Fragility by Robin D'Angelo, books that have come out more recently, like uh, like Stamped from the Beginning by Ibram X. Kendi, and then the wonderful uh, teen version of that entitled Stamped, Racism, Anti-Racism, and You, written by Jason Reynolds, um, that was adapted from um, Ibram X. Kendi's book. There's Born a Crime by Trevor Noah. I mean, there are even some others that have just recently come out. As librarians, we need to be collecting those. So if you're not, please do if they're appropriate for your collection. But it's important that we read them. Pick the ones that speak to you and read them. Don't turn away from this incredibly difficult subject we all have to address. How do you get started with this? I'm going to refer back to my episode five of last week, Small Steps to Big Library Impact. And if you haven't uh, listened to that, it's at um, masterfullibrarian.com slash EP dash five, where I talked about taking small steps. Certainly beginning the work of examining your own racism and beginning the work of becoming anti-racist can be overwhelming. It's big work. It go, it will go on probably forever for each of us, but you got to start somewhere. So start small, pick a book, one that appeals to you, one that you have access to and read it and think about it. Perhaps you could even start a book club with some colleagues, with some friends, with some family members. Doesn't have to be a big group, but people you trust people you feel safe with that you can open up to and and discuss with that won't won't judge or criticize or exclude take a deep honest look at yourself i mean that's a start to just sit down and take a deep honest look at yourself ponder that contemplate that ask yourself questions about it you could journal about this topic and not be ashamed about it i mean i have felt great shame and i think some some amount of shame is appropriate, but that's not the point. The point is not to beat yourself up or feel less of a person. 
The point is to grow, to, to release that, and to become a more open-minded, a more loving and caring person, and a more effective librarian. Because here's the truth, my friends. You can collect all the wonderful, diverse, inclusive, culturally sensitive material in the world and put it in your library, which you should. But if you don't yourself believe in what's in those works, you're not going to be effective. Your impact will not be as great. Your library will still not be full of everyone that you want to welcome because we want to welcome our whole communities, not just a few. The silver lining, I think, to the debacle that took place in Washington, D.C. last Wednesday is that it's waking people up. It's making a lot of us realize it's time to start getting woke, even if we never get there, even if the best we do is flutter our eyelids a little bit, we're starting to get woke. And nothing bad will come of that. Only good. For links to information about Waking Up White, Between the World and Me, as well as a list of other excellent resources on white privilege and racism, along with links to those, please see my show notes at masterfullibrarian.com slash ep-6. Won't you join with me on this extraordinary journey to greater racial equity and social justice? Let's do it. Thanks so much for listening to Masterful Librarian Podcast. Please share the show with other librarians who also want to achieve greater relevance, meaning, and impact in a rapidly changing world. If you're listening on the Apple iTunes app, please review the show. Until next time, keep making a difference. Bye now.